Nick Broken Oars. Uh, this is uh, the Posh Southern one. I am just, this is a re-recording of a video I did on YouTube, which will be linked below, along with a lot of other links for the things that I was, I'm going to discuss in this. And this is a little talk about the types of online coaching, not just online coaching, but coaching that you can pay for. Uh, last year, I did a couple of videos about different free training programs and training plans that were available out there on the internet. And interesting, so I did a follow-up video and this follow-up conversation where I'm just trying to put this all into a format that you can listen to on the go as a podcast. We're going to go through what you get when you put your hand in your pocket. Okay, now, th I, this is not a review. That, that's really important to say. I am not going to review. There are a few things I'm going to bring up, a few people who I'm going to recommend, but this isn't a review specifically of the best online rowing coaching package that you can buy for indoor or on-the-water rowing. This is how you sh what you can get that's out there, how you should go about thinking about getting those things. So the first thing I want to say is there are things that you should do before you consider paying for online coaching. The first of these is to look up the free training plans that are out there. This is particularly true for indoor rowing. A lot of this was covered in the videos that I did last year. But the PEAT plan and the beginner PEAT plan and the 5K PEAT plan, these things are trusted by thousands. They've got results. I've used them. I've got results with them. I tend to really enjoy training with them. Uh, these days, I'm getting a little bit old to take the intensity, but they're really good plans. Then you have the Concept2 interactive training plan that is floating around on the internet. It's linked below if you want. Um, it's floating around on the in internet as a PDF. This is my personal favorite. I'm currently using the interactive training program, but there are a lot of different training programs in that document, including 20-minute training programs, 40-minute training programs, training for other sports. It's hugely varied. It's a really, really good document. You can then look at some of the online stuff. You've got the Row Along YouTube channel uh, where John Stevenson, who is the absolute boy for this, brilliant, essentially a brilliant YouTuber. He's one of the best rowing YouTubers, underrated, doesn't have enough subscribers. Get onto his stuff, watch his stuff. He has got full training plans, kind of like four-week training plans, and he will take you through each workout in that training plan step by step which is pretty good, for free. You've got the Asensei YouTube channel, which is not quite as well organized as the Rolong YouTube channel, but you, on the other side, you get the full Eric Murray motivational knowledge bombs. And there's also a very cheap, I suspect very good value, um, very well put together, paid for option downstream of that. Then you can just have um, the British Rowing Indoor Training Plan for 2K or for 500 meters. I think there's one for 500 meters. 
They're very simple. They're very basic, run-of-the-mill PDF training programs that you can download, print out, stick on the wall of your gym or take to your gym. They've only got three sessions a week, which is, for me, a little bit thin, but this is a solid starting place if you don't have anywhere else, any other idea of where to go. Finally, if you want advice on technique, British rowing, row along, dark horse rowing, training tool, all do excellent technique videos if you're an absolute beginner. So that's the first thing you should do. Look up the free resources online before you put your hand in your pocket. Very sensible. On top of that, get yourself community advice. This is something that can be very, very useful. Um, the hub of indoor rowing, community advice. I wouldn't say it's as great for on the water rowing, but the hub is very much definitely Facebook. Go to the Facebook search bar, type in indoor rowing group. You will get hundreds of free options. Uh, hundreds, you'll get dozens of free options. Um, the top example is the Compset2 community. Then there's mine, which is sub seven diamonds, which is rod chins. And you go there, you you put up questions and you will receive help, experience, not necessarily expertise and advice. A lot of these clubs have got repositories of training programs that you can just have. So once you've done that, again, before you pay any money, you, you need to have a goal for what you're trying to achieve with your training, with your rowing. That can be an immensely simple goal, or it can be a really hard goal, but it should be a goal you can't meet with any of the free resources. An idea of these goals, you could have just increasing your fitness enough to play with your kids or play with your grandkids. That, that, the rowing machine, great, fantastic way to do this. Weight loss. Now, apparently, Doing exercise is a bad way to do, lose weight. And a lot of people have been saying this recently. A lot of people I actually have kind of a lot of time and respect for. But I'd like to just tell you a little story. When I used to train at a the gym, there was a period of about six months where this guy used to sit down on the rowing machine next to me and train next to me about two or three times a week. So he, he wasn't doing, he wasn't working out as frequently as I was, but he was doing a lot of training. All he did was like one minute sprint intervals, three times a week, every other day. He'd get on there and smash out 10 one minute sprint intervals with one minute's rest. And he was really going for it. I think he was like doing 136 splits. Pretty powerful in individual. Now, this guy started out, he, he was a big guy. He was, I don't think we can deny it, he was obese. He was a beast to the point that he could not rock over at the finish of the stroke. So he couldn't rock back forward and get his shoulders in front of his hips as he was coming up the slide. By the end of that six months, by the end of my training block, when I'd gone along and I'd started to train at home, it was noticeable that this guy could rock over. He had lost a lot of weight. I'm going to like put a finger in the air and say about four stone. So even though some people are saying exercising is a bad way to lose weight, from my personal experience, it's amazing how many people I've seen who've been doing a lot of exercise and have concurrently lost a lot of weight. It's amazing how often those two things go together. Right, 
So those are your those are your fundamental fitness goals, your lifestyle goals. Then you can take it up. You can look at competitive goals, like you want a PB for your 2K, your 5K, your one hour. Maybe you want to beat a national record in your age group. Maybe you want to make the national team. Maybe you want to break a world record. All of these things, if you can't meet these, then it's, it's really time to think about, let's get some coaching. Now, there are two more reasons. One is improving your fitness for another sport. There are lots of training programs out there for sailing, for rugby. I think I've seen some for football. I think I've seen like kind of a runner's training plan on the rowing machine. There's a training plan for the Royal Marines. All of these things are available. I think if you want to use the rowing machine to train for another sport, I think that's a really good idea, particularly for games. So you don't want to maximize the amount of impact going through your knees and your back and your ankles. You want to minimize that. You probably want to get a coach to tell you what to do on the rowing machine to improve your fitness for another sport. And finally, there's rehab injury. We get a lot of runners coming to us this way who are trying to keep their fitness together while something in their knee, something in their ankle is getting sorted out. Actually, how I ended up on the rowing machine, but what I'm gonna say is that if you are rehabbing an injury, you're gonna need advice. It may not be coaching, it may be a physiotherapist, but you're probably gonna to have to pay somebody for advice. Now, those are, those are the goals that you should be struggling to meet before you're going to pay for someone's actual help. All, you should have exhausted your free options. You should have set yourself some goals that, like, I need more help to meet these. And once you've done that, my next suggestion is join a rowing club before you do anything else. Why am I saying join a rowing club before you get coaching? Because typically at a rowing club, you're going to get coaching, you're going to get community, you're going to get support and guidance. You're going to be able to train in the open air you're going to get access to boats. Quite possibly, you're going to get access to rowing machines and weights at the same time. So it's like you've joined a gym. There may be a coach on hand. There will be lots of people around you who have experience and are like-minded individuals. This is probably one of the most high-value things that you can spend money on if you're interested in going faster or doing the rowing stroke more powerfully or gaining something out of the rowing stroke. Those are all the things that you should have before you put your hand in your pocket and pay for coaching. The next step is why would you do this? I believe there are good reasons why you'd do this. There are mediocre reasons and then there are some flat out bad reasons that I think mean you should go back to the start and try and look at free resources before you spend your hard-earned money. So good reasons to do this. You don't have access to a rowing club or you're not really the kind of person who wants to join a club. You don't really do the social media thing. You don't really want to get involved in Facebook. Fine. Okay. So you want a one-to-one -one relationship with someone who's going to tell you how to row or row on the rowing machine faster. The next few things. This is where you need more knowledge to take yourself further. So you can be a beginner or, and 
you've done some training with a free training program for, I think you should give it at least two months and you're not sure how to take the next step. You, you've started out and you really want to say, right, I want to take this seriously. You, at that point, you might need more knowledge than you have. So it seems reasonable to pay for that. You, alternatively, you could have been training for several years with an organized training plan, but you're plateauing. And again, you've got goals, you're not meeting them. At this point, it's a good idea to get someone else, an outside pair of eyes, to look at what you're doing and say, you need to do more rowing. You need to do less rowing. That can happen. You need to row at different intensities. The way you're training doesn't really work for wanting to take the next step. Then there's this idea of specific training goals. Now, remember how I talked about breaking a record? That, that idea should be in your head but that might just be like breaking a PB. But if we're talking about very long distance rows, marathon rows, 100 kilometer rows, the longest continuous row, which just seems like madness and I don't recommend it to anyone, then you've also got the team row. So like rowing 100,000 meters, but with a team of 10 of you, you've got distances under 1K. So the 1K, the 500, the one minute, 300 and 100 meter rows. They tend to have a dearth of proven free training plans out there. You may need a coach. You may need a coach from a different sport. So if you want to do a marathon row, you may need a coach who coaches marathon or long distances to have a look at what you're doing. If you are training for the 500 meters, I would get, you know, I wouldn't go to a rowing coach. I would go to a track cycling co coach who's coached people to the kilo, so the 1,000-meter cycling event. This point where, there is, where there's a dearth of good, proven training programs out there, if you have an interest in doing these short distances or the long distances, you're probably going to need a coach. You may need a coach from a different sport long distance you might want to get a marathon running coach for the short distances i'm going to say a track cycling a sprint cycling coach might be a really really useful guy or just a a, a sprinting coach from athletics you're going to need a coach you're going to need to pay them now after that there's the issue of specific physical needs so the first one that i would say is like particularly relevant for me, is being a master's athlete, I am dealing with the inevitable physical decline. I am getting slower. Each year, I cannot expect to PB the way I could up until about 36, 37. So I need specific physical advice in how to manage that. Now, I'm going to recommend Faster Masters here. This is Marlene and Rebecca. I'm looking at you. They specialize in this. I don't mean to put para-athletes on the same level as master's athletes in terms of requirements for specialist physical advice and specialist needs, but in exactly the same way, if you are a para-athlete, if you have reduced limb function, if you have visual impairment, if you are deaf, you may need specialist advice 
and that may have to come from outside of traditional rowing coaching. Finally, if you've got a training program, everybody's told you this is a great training program, but you don't really understand how to implement it. There is a big argument between coaching and programming. Programming, I would say, don't pay for a training program when you can pay for a coach's time, experience, and advice to guide you through a training program, and you'll probably get a training program for free. You're gonna to have to pay more for the coaching than you are for the training program, but you might get a lot more value from that. Mediocre reasons for why you would do this. So, first of all, you feel that you can't motivate yourself and you effectively need a kick up the backside and paying for sessions might make you do them. There is some evidence to say that this will actually work. One of the big things that apparently you learn in sports psychology and exercise psychology is that there is a real benefit to joining a gym that has a six month membership contract. It's actually more likely to make you go there rather than a gym where you're paying month by month because you're more likely to quit. So actually paying someone to give you training, coaching, advice may, it's not a brilliant effect, but may make you more likely to do the actual training. The next thing is you need some kind of very specialized training program um, that fits in with your lifestyle. You need very careful, very precise scheduling of your training. You're very time cramped. And let's say you've only got three half hour slots a week. How can you best use this for the sport? I, I think you'd even struggle in some of the sprint events to make that work. I think possibly rather than getting a coach for indoor rowing, you might need a life coach to help you prioritize things better. That's my personal opinion. But it's it's a reason that I can kind of understand why you would go and pay for coaching. Next, um, <clears throat> this is actually a really good reason for yourself, but it's an unethical reason. So it's not a good reason. I suppose the combination of bad reason and good reason come out to be a mediocre reason. But this is if you are trying to gain expertise from a source you're paying for to absorb for your own ends, namely you want to become a better coach to coach other people. So you go and buy coaching sessions from other people in order to learn. Now, in the grand scheme of things, if somebody sells you a training program, it's very difficult for them to control their intellectual property from you just learning it and using it for your own purposes. But I am going to say this is unethical. Your ethics are your business. But uh, may I suggest you doing the hard work of looking up the original sources online. Um, there's an awful lot of sports, sports science available on social media. Uh, there's a lot on Google Scholar. And quite possibly, if you want to build training plans for other people and for yourself, maybe you should actually go on some kind of education course for that rather than just trying to pick up 
someone else's hard-won expertise. So moving on from the mediocre reasons, bad reasons. These are the reasons if this is what's in your head, you want to go back and look at the things that you need to do before paying again. Specifically, probably join an actual rowing club is probably the best thing for any of these. So the bad reasons are that they're both very similar. The two reasons that I can think are completely wrong. First of all, you think that advice and training plans that you're paying for is automatically better than stuff that comes for free. This isn't necessarily so. It's not automatically untrue. There are lots of very competent coaches out there who sell their expertise. But I'm going to say that you should not automatically think paying for advice, paying for training plans in particular, consider the free resources, paying for training plans, they're not necessarily better than the free resources out there. Also, this is kind of about the person that you're buying the training plan for. You may have seen that this person has an incredible history in the sport of rowing or in the sport of indoor rowing and has therefore some unique insight to pass on to you. They may do, but again, they may not. This is not necessarily true that great athletes make great coaches. They can make great coaches, but again, this is not a good reason to pay for somebody's time. Very much, I would say, when selecting someone to give your money to, you need to select someone who has a track record of being good at coaching, not good at the sport that you want to be coached in. Right, those are your reasons. So moving on from that, I'd like to talk about the types of paid for advice or training that you can go. And this, come, this brings us back to this idea of the coaching versus planning debate. As I said, this is a massive thing in CrossFit. There's, there's a big debate about which is more important. For myself, I've had good experiences with both and I've had bad experiences with both. There is no magic bullet. But the debate between people who sell time and expertise in the form of personal contact, observation, and continually updated advice, which are coaches and people who will sell you a training program with a series of exercises done for a set period of time, the set intensity, which are planners, again, both have their place. And it's notable that planning should be much cheaper and easier to distribute than coaching. That doesn't mean that planning actually has a higher value per pound than coaching. So let's look at the planning. At the most basic level, planning is you pay money, somebody gives you a PDF training plan with a logo and maybe some pace recommendations from a test or from some simple rules of thumb. Again, I'm gonna say you can get this for free. I've mentioned resources above. I'm gonna to link to them in this. 
don't recommend paying for this unless, and this is important, it meets your specific needs. And so, again, we've talked about things like the marathon or the 1K, or they're specifically tailored towards a specific physical need that you have. In general, if you're paying for a training program, the longer the training plan is, for instance, 12 weeks represents much better value than the shorter training plan, and more expensive plans with more sessions and more sessions per week tend to represent greater value than cheaper plans with three sessions a week. Again, if you want a three session a week plan, just go onto the British Wiring website, go on, onto the inside indoor website. They've got some very simple, very easy to follow plans. If you're buying a plan with three sessions per week for four weeks, you need to ask yourself why you aren't just using free plans. Now, the next step on from this is a, a kind of like a, a dumb PDF training program, but based on very clear testing programs calls to assess starting levels and to monitor progress. I think the best example of this is the Rojabo website, again, linked at the bottom of this, which is an algorithm-based program so that there is no, there's still no human involvement, but you have some, a couple of really excellent protocol, what they call their power efficiency test and their endurance test, which are both two different types of step tests. And these are really good protocols for working out how fast you should row and what stroke rate and for how long you should row at them. It's very prescriptive, very precise. And on top of this, it's exceptionally good value at $15 a month with a plan that every month updates on the basis of the tests that you do. It also has the ErgZone integration, so tracking all your workouts and receiving all your workouts and keeping them in one place on an app on your phone is really very, very easy. Again, that $15 a month for a plan that has unlimited numbers of sessions, anything up to 14 sessions a week, that's not unlimited, but that's a huge number of sessions. A plan that has that many sessions with unlimited updates to the plan as your fitness improves is incredibly good value. And Rojabo achieves this because essentially it's an algorithm-based program website. It is programming, it's not coaching, but it's very, very flexible and very cheap. Right, the next step up, and again, you're going to see a lot of this for sale on the ErgZone app, is planning with community advice. So essentially, this is taking advantage of the wonders of social media. Essentially, what you do is you'll pay for a training plan. So in some ways, it is programming but you also then have access to a paywalled community of people who are all following similar plans and that's come from the same 
central organization or individual coach. And thus you have the opportunity to learn and be guided both by official and unofficial coaches within, within that community. Now, I'm, I'm not going to say it's good. I'm not going to say it's bad. I'm going to say at the point that I remain to be convinced. It sounds a little bit like joining a virtual rowing club. It is a halfway house between planning and coaching. Again, there's a question if you're joining a virtual rowing club, why aren't you looking at an actual rowing club? I'm going to say that you can shop around. You want to make sure you're getting value for your price point. These exist anything from, I think, $40 a month with the basic access plan from Garage Athlete up to $129 a month for Live to Row, which is kind of like the elite luxury version of this idea. And Live to Row's big thing is that they run online classes where you're not just interacting with the community, you're doing indoor rowing with that community, with other people, with guided instruction coming in. I've had Live to Row on the podcast. I've also had uh, Alicia R. Clark on the podcast. I think that, that she does a similar sort of thing with You Can Row 2. Again, I haven't been involved in this. There are people making money. There are people who are choosing to pay for this and coming back. And there are viable businesses out there. Based on that, I'm going to say there is some merit to this model. However, the precise value position is something that I think is going to take a lot of shopping around for you to find the right community, the right individual. I'll say the the main communities that I'm aware of, that's UCamera um, 2, which has a focus on women's rowing. Um, Alicia R. Clark is also one of the key people within that that we've spoken to. Live to Row, um, very professional setup out of Florida. These guys are both, I think it's an ex-rower and an ex-cox. And they are really, really big on working with people. They've got a very good offering in terms of kind of free startup and one-to-one contact at, in, at the initial outset to get people set up. Uh, then, we, as I mentioned, Garage Athlete, who does noticeably have what I would say are some of the best value. Again, there are luxury options within the Garage Athlete options. Uh, this is from a guy called Justin Farina, who's produced some very, very good scores. And in the UK, Fitness Matters, run by a guy called Sam Blythe. Sam is someone who I have got a lot of time for. Sam also, as well as running the community model, runs the coaching model. And that's what I'd really like you to consider, is when you're paying for the community access, how much specific coaching are you getting from the expert whose time you're paying for? And I've seen a brilliant video of Sam. It was an online thing. But he was watching this guy do like a really, what looked like a really hardcore interval piece. Um, It might have been a 2K test. 
and he was talking the guy through it, watching every stroke from the side, literally guiding him through that set of work. That's coaching. This is the next step. This is where you just pay another individual to plan, advise you how to implement a plan, and you have with them some form of regular one-on-one meeting where you can together reflect on that plan, decide how your performance is progressing, and receive advice on how to execute the plan better or how to change the plan. There is a wide range of offerings, but you're going to have to, your bare minimum for something like this is $60 a month for an hour of one-on-one time. And And this is like, this will be a startup, the lowest entry level economic option here. But $60 a month, I'm going to say £60, £65 is a very reasonable sum to pay for somebody's time, for an hour of somebody's time, for an expert who's going to help you out. And you should think that that's actually going to be, it's more than an hour of their time if they're studying the sessions that you're doing, the output to those sessions. The more time you spend with the coach, the more updates you need to the plan, the more you're going to expect to pay. £200 per month is a pretty bespoke and high contact service, but in all honesty, I have seen like the absolute elite concierge service um, in the UK, a guy called Jack Burns Rowing Coach, where physiotherapy and uh, daily one-on-one contact time is included, that goes up to thousands of pounds a month. And I've seen, in terms of international coaching, I've seen much higher, much more expensive options than that. At the level I'm talking to, I'm, I don't think there is a huge number of international rowers and kind of potential Henley winners following the pod. Um, I'd say like 200, 300 pounds per month is probably the maximum value you're going to get without somebody doing physiology. So that this is like the final less, level of coaching. This is where you're paying to sign on with an experienced sports physiologist who will perform a battery of tests on you to establish your underlying metabolic and physiognomic strengths and weaknesses. And then, and I think this is really important, to prescribe a training plan of endurance training and resistance training based around a clearly defined goal that maximizes the strengths and elevates the weaknesses up to not so weakness weaknesses. Sorry, that makes no sense. In this, uh, if we're going in here, we're really talking about VO2 max tests. We can talk about static force plate tests. We can talk about leg extension tests and lactate tests. A lactate test and VO2 max test kind of happen at the same time. You're looking at, I would say, hundreds of pounds, somewhere between 150 and 200 pounds for useful and valid testing for a rower. 
and then you're looking for on top of that similar amounts for coaching and training programs based around that physiological analysis or metabolic analysis of what your strengths and weaknesses are you can go one step further and you can you know the the highest possible level if you want to be you know if you want to beat ollie's idler at the next world indoor rowing championships is you sign on with a physiologist on a long-term basis where you undergo a series of rolling 12 13 week plans maybe 11 week training blocks where said physiologist will examine what training you respond to the best you're going to have unlimited everyday contact with the coach who's working on you specifically once you're getting this level of attention you're only really looking at being a water rower who's trying to get to or win the olympics or and this is a big thing and i really do think that people need to be very wary of signing up if they're in this case junior water rowers who are trying to pick up u.s university scholarships i've heard some crazy stories about what people will pay for coaching both for water rowing and indoor rowing but i'm going to say that there is every possibility to take this too far in terms of how much you can spend and how much you need to spend so as a quick idea of a baseline how much should you pay if you want planning with no coaching support based on some kind of objective testing regime to establish baselines of pacing this can be done through rojabo for about 15 dollars a month plans coming in at about 30 dollars a month are very very frequent very easy to find again i'm going to say paying 30 dollars for a four-week training plan 30 dollars 30 pounds for a four-week training plan that has three sessions a week this is not your best value proposition on the marketplace keep looking around if you are looking for a coach if you're looking for access to that it is entirely reasonable to be thinking about paying someone 60 dollars 60 pounds or more an hour now that's that's more or less just not someone who's visiting you that's someone that's some kind of neutral territory maybe online contact because if they're doing this right you're not just paying for that hour you're paying for the hour that they've spent before that as i said physiological testing will cost more than 150 pounds for rowers uh don't be surprised to pay upwards of 225 pounds this will vary widely on whether or not you live close to a university that has a sports science department those are the cheapest places to go if you want to get the full rowing testing done you're probably going to have to take your own rowing machine there right what you should look for in terms of a value proposition again i said this the basic don't pay for just a dead pdf of three sessions a week for four weeks 
I can send you something that's probably better than that for free. If you're looking for a coach, look for a coach who's worked with someone like you before. A national squad coach is not necessarily going to help you that much if you want to be fitter and more active, or if let's say you've just retired and you'd like to break eight minutes, or literally just you want to break eight minutes as a personal challenge. As a, in terms of what you're looking for in your interactions with the coach, the first thing that you should hear from any coach or trainer is some kind of physical activity readiness questionnaire that says you are fit and able to undertake training. Now, I'm not going to say this is a legal obligation, but if a coach is doing their job, they're going to have insurance, they're going to have public liability insurance, and their public liability insurance will be based on whether or not every single person they're taking on for coaching has done some kind of assessment, some kind of history that says, you know what, it seems like you're probably safe to undertake training. That that basically means if they're doing that, you can tell that they've gone through some kind of qualification pre process and they are insured. I'm going to say one big disadvantage of rowing clubs is that sometimes they don't do this. And that can be really a little bit alarming, but sometimes they don't. Undertake yourself to demonstrate to a rowing club, if you go to them, that you are actually ready to do physical activity. Look up the PARQ, P-A-R-Q, Physical Activity Readiness Questionnaire. You can download one and fill one out and just hand it to them if they don't ask you. They really should. The next part of any conversation that you're going to have with a coach, again, this is an individual coach, someone who is going to be coaching you personally, is about that question should be all about you. The conversation should be about who you are, your vital statistics, what do you want to achieve, what you're capable of now, and what resources do you have at your disposal to make that journey to where you want to go. And that should be quite in-depth. You your coach needs to extract a lot of information from you to get the best out of you and to give you the best advice. If we're coming back to rowing coaching, at some point, very early on, your coach needs to see you row. Rowing, whether it's on the water or on the rowing machine, is a technical activity and there is a limited range of things that can be described as good technique. It is a range, but it is a limited range. You can only tell so much from splits and stroke rate off the PM5 or a GPS trace from a single skull, how you are rowing and whether or not there is a very easy, very big fix. And I would say the guys that live to row, they were the people who who came over as though when it comes to the indoor rowing thing, they were most keyed in on remotely assessing your 
rowing technique on the rowing machine halfway around the world on a webcam than anyone else I've come across. And so, you know, that that was really, you know, that that was something that really impressed me. They want to make sure you're rowing right before you're rowing hard. Once you've got to that point, you then really want a coach that is going to discuss with you heart rate training. If and if we're talking about if you're going to a coach for sprint training for like distances below about a thousand meters this is quite possibly this isn't necessarily valid you can only tell so much from heart rate training over short distances if we're looking at any kind of endurance training at the very least your coach should be talking about monitoring your heart rate and do you know what your maximum heart rate is do you use a heart rate monitor i don't think they should force you to use a heart rate monitor. I think there are ways that you can get a good assessment of what is intense physical activity, what is low intensity physical activity from other tests, but it's a good sign when a coach is saying, do you know what your max heart rate is when you're rowing? Do you know what your, where your training band, your heart rate training bands are? they're starting to think about the more advanced options for your training at that point it's a good sign at the point you've had those discussions it's probably time for the coach to start making suggestions to start coming up with a plan to suggest for you i would say if they start saying do this do try this plan do this test before that point I feel like they're rushing the situation. Right, now I'm gonna put in something which I think is slightly more subjective, slightly less objective looking at coaching, programming, purchasing coaching. And I, I think I'm gonna try and talk about a little bit about the coach athlete relationship. The most fundamental thing in this relationship when you are paying directly for one-to-one -one coaching that is very different from joining a rowing club when you join a rowing club you pay the rowing coat club the rowing club pays the coach the coach tells you what to do there isn't that direct connection there if you are buying coaching the most important thing at any part in the process is you should be able to entirely Feel free to say, thank you, but this isn't really where I want to be anymore. I don't feel like I'm making progress with this. And you should just be able to walk away. And you should feel at any point entirely free. The coach-athlete relationship can go wrong. You need to be able to step away from that as an athlete, particularly an athlete who's directly paying the coach. Remember how many coaches Andy Murray has been through. He goes through like a coach every nine months. That's not a bad way of doing things. You shouldn't be dependent on your coach. Your coach should be thinking about the fact that they're your employee. They're not in charge of you. They're setting you things to do it. It's up to you whether you do them 
on this basis, I would say, unless you have a really clear, really well-established history with a coach, be very cautious about buying 12-month coaching packages to save money on buying just one month's coaching pa package. I would say you want at least a training block. So that's three months of coaching with any coach in order to have a clear and well-established history before you consider committing for six months or a year. The money that you save could well not be worth the cost. That is my little online guide to coaching. Um, we are still broken oars. We are gonna hopefully come up with some more lighthearted content. As I think I said at the beginning of this little pod, um, this is a replication of something we've done on YouTube. And if, if you look us up on YouTube, you're gonna find our video, the guide to online rowing coaching. It's well worth having a look if you've enjoyed this. Also, if you've enjoyed this, we're gonna include a little link, which is a buy me a coffee link. And as both myself and Aaron are inveterate caffeine addicts, if you have found this useful, if you have found this helpful, please feel free to buy us a coffee. But as per usual, your attention and your interest is always greatly appreciated. Thank you very much for listening. Bowside Holdings, stroke side out.